You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All the excitement and changes this offseason for the Chicago Bears have overshadowed and helped us overlook some important pieces on this roster. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On the show today, the forgotten Chicago Bears of the 2021 offseason. Not necessarily guys we don't remember they exist, but guys that maybe we haven't thought that much about this offseason that will be important and will play important roles this upcoming season. There's a lot more to be excited about and optimistic about and look forward to with this Bears team beyond just the big names and the big changes and the excitement that we have enjoyed so far. So we'll circle through a few different players on offense, a couple of weapons in particular that I'm eager to see deployed, as well as some forgotten figures on defense, a couple returning Chicago Bears, some guys that you didn't really think of much lately, but they'll remind you who they are again in 2021. Let's start with a player that I think will be a pretty nice litmus test for Matt Nagy and the evaluation of him as a creative offensive play caller and head coach. Because we've been disappointed in the last few years with how exactly Tariq Cohen has been deployed in this offense and utilized perhaps not enough or not quite in the ways that we might want him to be utilized. Of course, last season, he tears the ACL in week three, and we really don't get a full sense of what he was going to be. And I think that's a big reason why we kind of have overlooked and forgot about him a little bit. We haven't really gotten many, like, concrete injury updates, but nowhere along the way has Ryan Pace had any vocal concerns about Tariq Cohen's recovery. Given how early in the season it was, a normal... NFL ACL tear recovery timeline should put Cohen back in action by week one, if not by training camp and earlier. I'm sure we will get more of an actual update on him when mandatory mini camps and those types of practices begin next month. But I'm waiting to see how Matt Nagy can unleash him again, right? We saw some of it in 2018. He was a big part of that offensive success. He had almost, what, 725 receiving yards and 70 catches, doing damage out of the backfield, lining up at receiver. And it was like th- that was a big reason why Matt Nagy was excited to be here. We, we were excited to see Matt Nagy coach this team because that was the type of chess piece weapon that we wanted to see Nagy get creative with. And it felt like a lot of that creativity disappeared in 2019, we were wondering what it was going to look like in 2020. We, we saw some uh, flashes of early success with Cohen, but it w- wasn't his full role unveiled. And I think 
as we look back at the last couple of years, we sort of have tried to give Matt Nagy a little bit of like a, a benefit of the doubt, especially with, with Tariq Cohen too, as sort of this quarterback excuse, right? That because they had to limit some of what they did with Mitch Trubisky because they felt like he wasn't capable of doing the full Bears offense, they weren't capable of, of doing the full Tariq Cohen experience. And now, once Justin Fields takes over and presumably is the quarterback we expect him to be coming out of Ohio State, that's when you can get Tariq Cohen much more involved in different ways in this offense. He is a wide receiver at five foot six. He is a slot jet motion type player. He is a pure running back that you can hand it off to. A lot of different things you can do with Tariq Cohen. And now it doesn't feel like there's any excuse anymore for Matt Nagy to not be able to maximize him more and more. Like you remember like 2017, his rookie season, it was early in that year. He lined up at wide receiver and ran a double move and caught like a 60-yard pass deep downfield. I can't remember which team it was. It was a 70-yard completion early in that season, and I want to see more of that. Cohen doesn't just have to be a quick screen guy to make yards after the catch. Of course, he's he's dangerous after the catch. You do want to get the ball in his hands in those ways, but he can also use that speed and explosiveness downfield to be more vertically, and I think the Justin Fields offense should trend more toward a vertical Matt Nagy offense. And in theory, Tariq Cohen should be a beneficiary of that. It feels like we haven't talked a lot about Tariq Cohen and his role in this offense because we're focused on David Montgomery and the Bears presumably continuing to give him this larger workload and make him that true workhorse back that we started to see at the end of last season. We're all sort of eager for that. And of course, they signed Damian Williams, so you have the Kansas City Chiefs connection with Matt Nagy, another back who can catch passes out of the backfield. He could be in pass protection. You try and figure out how you're going to get those running backs involved, plus Tariq Cohen, plus you draft Khalil Herbert in the sixth round, a lot of special teams potential there, some real excitement about what he can do. So you have a lot of depth at running back, and you're probably not going to be able to keep you know, those guys, and then there's also, you know, Ryan Nall and Artavis Pierce, who we've seen before, but are you going to keep four running backs? Like, there's a there's a depth conversation to be had there, and we're not exactly sure how Matt Nagy is going to be able to find all of them the ball, but it has felt like Cohen hasn't been the one we've had in that conversation much because of the injury and because we barely saw him last year. He's not the only missing bear that we should be excited to see again in 2021. Up next, we'll turn over to the defensive side of the ball and find a returning bear and a couple of newcomers, sort of. Familiar faces here again next on Locked On Bears. You've heard of the folks over at Credit Karma that helps you track your credit score and make sure you're on the right track financially. Well, Credit Karma has a new program called Credit Karma Money. It's a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements just for making your regular everyday purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on your items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back into your spend account. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. 
Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MV Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. It should be hard to forget a six foot three, 318 pound player, but when he's not on the field for a full season, it can be easy to get too focused on everybody else and forget a little bit that Eddie Goldman should be back for 2021. I don't know that we can say it with 100% certainty. He hasn't formally stated he won't be back, but I don't know that he has to put out any kind of formal thing to say he will be back either. We just don't know exactly whether players may opt out for 2022 as well, whether they'll have the option, and how that all might work. So we should operate under the same assumption the Bears are, that they will most likely have Eddie Goldman back. And I think if and when he is back, you'll notice a difference pretty quickly. We saw last season this Bears defense was not the same for a lot of reasons, but particularly when it came to run defense. There were too many games this past year where opposing running backs had a lot of room to work, and it wasn't like it was Derrick Henry every single time. You know, it's not the Pro Bowl MVP caliber running backs, but it was a fairly washed-up Todd Gurley with the Atlanta Falcons running for 80 yards on 14 carries. Or, you know, against the Los Angeles Rams later in the season, whether it was Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown, they were able to find a lot of room running in between the tackles and getting on space. You know, Alvin Kamara and others later in the season, it wasn't as though teams were like just pounding it 35, 40 times a game against the Bears, but it was largely more so that they didn't need to because they could hand it off 12 or 15 times and get you know, four, five, six yards per carry on those handoffs and sometimes split it between multiple backs, like the Packers game. I think Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams each carried it 17 times for 90 yards and 73 yards, respectively. It was just like consistent physical running from opposing teams that wore this Bears defense down. And putting Eddie Goldman back in the middle is not going to fix everything but it is going to make a pretty big difference. There's such a ripple effect that comes from that. And it, it takes nothing away from some of the guys that they had filling in, performing admirably. You know, Bilal Nichols playing a lot more nose tackle last season. It's not necessarily his natural spot, and he did a good job, but he's no Eddie Goldman. You know, same thing with Brent Urban getting in there a little bit. Uh, a few different guys kind of in that rotation throughout the season. But none of them are, are quite Eddie Goldman. He can occupy blocks and free up the linebackers behind him so well like that's the thing is Eddie does not Akeem Hicks people and just you know swipe around them and in the backfield and make the big play in the you know a blink of an eye you know those quick off the snap big hits that sometimes Akeem Hicks will just, he just pulls one of those out like once a game where he just knows what the guard is going to do before he does it and he just kind of does a little swim move sidesteps him and makes the big play like that's not Eddie Goldman but Goldman will make sure that if that center and guard are going to combo block him, that they're not going to get to the second level. They're not going to be able to get to those linebackers and create that space 
for the running backs to get to. You know, so running backs can still have success running away from him, and other parts of the defensive line might have more or less vulnerability depending on who's on the field on that position and depending on where the run is, if the linebackers can't get free, right? There's a responsibility for a lot of different guys beyond just the nose tackle. And that's why I say bringing Goldman back will certainly help, but it's not going to solve everything, right? There's a distinction there, but I do think it will make Roquan Smith's job easier. I do think it will make Danny Trevathan's job quite a bit easier as well. And hopefully along the way, it makes Akeem Hicks's job. It makes Khalil Mack's job, you know, it can just kind of have this ripple effect that even just requiring fewer snaps in the rotation from other defensive players, that Akeem Hicks maybe doesn't have to play as many snaps when you have a body like Eddie Goldman back in there. You know, Goldman's not a every-down player in the NFL. He just, he doesn't, he's a rotational guy, just like most nose tackles are, He's but he's still going to be able to account for, you know, four, five, six hundred snaps out of 1,100 total on defense, and you have to make up those snaps somewhere else. So that means fewer opportunities for guys like Mario Edwards and maybe Angelo Blackson this season, and maybe you don't want them in some of those Eddie Goldman-type roles and situations, and you can save Edwards or Akeem Hicks more for those pass-rushing situations and get more from your other guys because Goldman can take some of those snaps on the interior and keep some of your better players fresh and also keep some of your worst players from having to play as important roles. And real quick, one other returning bear that I think has really flown under the radar, right? I mean, most people, you, we've all been expecting Eddie Goldman to come back. We've all been expecting Tariq Cohen to come back, even though maybe we haven't talked about him as much. But I don't know that anyone is talking about Artie Burns, the cornerback that the, the Bears had signed last year from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was brought in kind of to compete with Jalen Johnson to be in that potential starting cornerback role. He was a first-round pick himself back in 2016. Tore his ACL during training camp last year. We never saw anything from him. And then Bears kind of quietly re-signed him earlier this offseason. I mean, he has 32 NFL starts under his belt. I'm not expecting him to completely light it up in Chicago, but there was a certain optimism with him when he came in last year. And I would absolutely give him the, the opportunity to compete to start this year. I mean, might as well open that up. You know, they signed Desmond Trufant. He has a lot of veteran starting experience, but he's on a one-year deal for like $1 million. And Desmond Trufant is not guaranteed a starting job. He's not guaranteed a spot on this 53-man roster. So it is legitimately open for somebody like Artie Burns to compete and win that competition in all likelihood. Trufant is going to be the guy, and Burns probably isn't going to make the 53-man roster. But he was like kind of the inspiration for this whole idea of the most forgotten bear I could think of on this roster is Artie Burns because there's something there that we're eager to see, and, and maybe it could be something bonus that helps us out and kind of comes a little bit out of nowhere, or maybe it ends up being nothing. But it's one of those low-risk, potential high-reward signings of one team's trash can be another team's treasure. And I'll keep an eye on Artie Burns during training camp of the preseason and, and just, just know if he starts to go on a run, maybe you heard it here first. So Burns, Goldman, and Cohen are all Bears who were here last year. They're all players we had known in the before times, before the, the great pandemic. But there's a couple of new additions that got overlooked, I think, based on when they came to this team and all the other moves that kind of overshadowed them this offseason that I think are important players we should not forget 
entering this 2021 season. We'll go through one guy on each side of the ball next on Locked On Bears. Some of these Bears players might get a little bit overlooked, but you shouldn't overlook any of the delicious flavors of Built Bars, the world's best-tasting protein bar ever. I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong with any of them. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, they're all incredible. I have tried every single one personally. They're all low-sugar, Low calories, high protein, high fiber, and covered in 100% real chocolate. They really do taste like candy bars, but they have the nutrients of a protein bar. I'm telling you, you got to try them for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We've seen throughout Ryan Pace's tenure in Chicago that sometimes the less heralded one-year deal type free agents they bring in cheaply on those kind of low-risk, high-reward contracts tend to play out pretty well and sometimes better than the big-name, big-money free agents that the Bears have signed. And there's a couple of guys that fit into that first category this offseason that I don't think we've paid enough attention to or at least properly valued the importance that these players could bring. And I want to start on defense with linebacker Christian Jones re-signed a little bit late in this process. And it's like, yeah, he's just a backup linebacker, but I just have this feeling that he ends up playing some sort of an important role this season. And I also think it says a lot about how the Bears and their coaching staff and their front office feels about some other players on their roster. So let's not forget Christian Jones, the former Chicago Bears linebacker, and how he was early in his Bears career in the Mel Tucker defenses and He was not always perfectly loved by Bears fans, but he was also in a fairly tough situation, right? We're not going to pretend that he is some Pro Bowl top-notch linebacker, but he is a linebacker who has started pretty much every year of his career. Like, he's been a starter for pretty much every year of his career. He has been for the last four in a row, including three with the Detroit Lions. And so he comes to Chicago, yes, as a backup and on a cheap deal. This was not a player that teams were clamoring for to sign to be their starting linebacker, but he brings significant experience to a linebacker room that we kind of thought maybe the Bears liked the young guys that they had there, but this is really a, I think, a signal of how they might actually feel. So Christian Jones is 30 years old now. He is not a young linebacker anymore, but you have Joel E.A. Booneyway that they drafted in the fourth round in 2018, and then the undrafted free agent Josh Woods, who's been able to stick around. And like both of those guys have shown some things on special teams and have obviously done enough to stick around. But the fact that you go and sign a veteran like this, they also signed Austin Calitro as well from the Denver Broncos recently. Like To me, that signals some kind of at least minor lack of faith 
in EA Buniwe and Josh Woods. And it's particularly of importance to me when I look at Danny Trevathan's career. He has never had back-to-back seasons playing a full 16-game slate. And now you add a 17th game. He always ends up having some sort of injury at least every other year. It was a struggle for him to even hit 16 games for a while there. He's done it twice with the Bears. His first season was 12 games. Second season in 2018 was 16 games. 2019 was 9 games. And last year, he played all 16 games. And he is 31 years old. He does have a significant injury history. And his, at least every other year, track would tell us that, statistically speaking, you would expect that maybe Danny Trevathan might miss at least a game this season historically based on how his health has played out. And Roquan Smith missed a few games in 2019 as well, so there's not like, it's, it could be either one of them, but chances seem likely that the Bears may have some kind of injury at some point at linebacker, and that would require one of these guys to come in, and I think it's significant that they go and bring in Christian Jones for this type of role, and I would imagine he would probably be the first one off the bench over EA Booneyway and Woods, because he has that experience starting at that linebacker position. We've seen how the Bears have had good luck with bringing some of these guys in in the past that have needed to fill in. You may recommend, of course, you know, Nick Kwiatkowski in and out of the lineup there, but then Kevin Pierre-Lewis had a pretty big season as well, really kind of impressive there. And you know, Obviously, that depth played a huge role in keeping that linebacking core intact. And like we t- talked about with Eddie Goldman, right, you need quality there. And so the Bears go from just rolling with Woods and EA Booneyway last year to now adding some veterans in there, led by Jones. For me, it it signals uh, an uncertainty or at least some larger question marks that they're having, concerns about Woods and EA Booneyway. So that's why you bring in some veteran depth there and try and stack that up a little bit. You still make it a competition. You're not cutting your young players because you don't think they're very good, and you're not you know instantly replacing them and just naming Christian Jones the top dog, but you add some veteran competition there to, to send a message, I think, to the players, and, and I think it's a message that we can pick up a little bit by looking at the transaction sheet. I, I see a very similar situation at wide receiver, and I do feel like we haven't, given the Marquise Goodwin signing enough love because there's a really great potential there for a a big benefit for this offense. I mean, he is a a smaller speed vertical receiver. He's 5'9". He's a track athlete. He's been to the Olympics running track. I mean, he's he's a jumper. He's got the speed. He's he's an exciting player. He's been injured a lot in recent years, and then he opted out of 2020 to spend more time with his family. There's a whole... If you you go and what he put out a video about it, talking about how he and his wife had had... Uh, death of a child right after it was born. I think there was also a miscarriage, like all within the same like span of a couple years. And so he chose last year to opt out because he wanted to be there for his family and the daughter that they have had since and, and kind of be part of that and not risk his family anymore. Totally understand that. This is a 900-yard receiver in San Francisco in 2017. And as the Bears want to go a little bit more vertically with Justin Fields and try and get this Matt Nagy offense to open up more that way, Marquise Goodwin while not guaranteed anything, is a a pretty good bet for a veteran that can come in here. If he can stay healthy, he should have an important role in this Bears offense. And it's the same conversation, I think, about the depth they have at wide receiver. Just as though they bring in Christian Jones because maybe you're not in love with the young linebackers that you have back there and you want more experience in that competition. Same thing at receiver with Anthony Miller, his future up in the air. Riley Ridley, yet to show you anything consistently on the field in the regular season. And Javon Wims, 
kind of a disappointment after thing, the way things kind of trended last offseason. You're not just cutting them and saying, ah, they all suck, we're going we're gonna to move on. But instead, you sign Marquise Goodwin, you sign Demir Bird, you know, you bring in some different guys, you draft Daz Newsom, of course. All of that is the Bears saying, hey, we've given these young guys some time and we've brought them along to try and develop them and they've gotten some opportunities but they haven't shown us enough, so let's get some more bodies in there, let them compete, and hopefully either the young players play better or the veterans are a more solidifying force there that can give us a reason to, to move on from the younger players and have a better overall depth at that position. So really, both Goodwin and Christian Jones, for me, are, are two of the top candidates to be that guy that the Bears signed late in free agency on a cheap one-year deal and ends up being a really high-value player. Not going to be the difference between going to the Super Bowl and missing the playoffs, but are going to add something on this offense and defense, respectively, that was missing and comes at a great return on investment. I try and make sure we don't have any for truly forgotten Bears as we go through this offseason. That's what the Locked On Bears podcast is here to do, to help you get through every step of the way. So make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you're using right now, because that's the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. On tomorrow's podcast, we'll talk to Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers, and we're going to compare and contrast how the 49ers are handling Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and their veteran rookie quarterback dynamic comparing to what the Bears are doing with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. We'll try and see how similar they are, how different they are, and how both sides kind of feel about how each team is handling it, as well as I think the 49ers, generally speaking, a lot of their fans wanted Justin Fields. They're happy about Trey Lance, but they really wanted Justin Fields. So we'll try and uh, pull that apart a little bit and have some fun as well. So I hope you'll keep tuning in. We'll be here all week long, all off-season long bringing you that Bears talk, hopefully making it easier to get through this offseason and more importantly, making it easier to bear down.